how's it going? Another post-void post. So this episode, I figured I would kind of just do a pre-election rant. See where it goes. Don't really care. There's a fair amount on my mind anyways. That's just, ugh. It's, it's crazy, but really not as uh, intense as I thought it was going to be, you know? I guess that's the whole trick. Mm. Excuse me there. Whenever we're uh, hit with a very serious situation as the public, you know, whether it be 9-11, you can even say like the recession or Hurricane Katrina, there's been a lot of examples of this. Happens about maybe every other year. There's type of some sort of situation that kind of hits the whole country as or at least if not the whole country a specific area or region within the rest of the country is kind of ruling with it as well too i mean you can say the war on terror kind of perpetuated that as well but um i gotta turn this tv off it's too damn distracting yeah um oh, it's just all flashing so yeah um well I think around, like, you know, May, uh, well, in May, we were all very concerned about this particular point in time. Seems like things have kind of lulled off since about the summer, since after the summer, and, you know, I wasn't as volatile of a fall as I thought it was going to be. It was fairly calm, actually, and most of the revelations that us as a public were supposed to freak out about didn't really have as much of a an effect as the rest of the year did i mean we all acted pretty one way or another whether you agreed with the actions taken for covid or not either way there, there was a very visceral reaction from both sides for uh what happened during covid i mean i have my own opinions on that i'm not going to judge anybody for taking heavy precautions I will, and I'm not going to judge anybody for essentially not taking precautions, to be completely honest, because I also think that it, there's some common sense to be employed here. I don't really know how a cloth mask really does make a difference, to be completely honest, but I wear it anyways. Uh, I wear gaiters as well, too. Neck gaiters? Yeah, like, I know you're not supposed to wear a neck gaiter. Oh, no. But, <laughs> sorry, I, I do manual labor. I cannot have my breathing be restricted. Like, you can go ahead and say, oh, it's 100%. Like, there's no oxygen, not an oxygen flow. Come on, bullshit. I'm breathing into a mask. Carbon dioxide is exiting my mouth and hitting that mask and then coming back in it's not like a gas mask where it has a constant respirator going like that's not it's a cloth mask so i cannot wear a very thick cloth mask unless i'm breathing through my nose and have my nose exposed anyways it's like so really all it's doing is just making it so i don't spit on another person when i talk and you know i'm, I'm I, yeah it's something i've been mindful of ever since this like you know and i i, I have the mask ready i do it as a courtesy because, I mean, I'm not going to try to ever debate somebody that's, like, 60 years old on this. Because, obviously, they have a lot more... They have a lot... Statistically, a higher chance than I do. And, again, I've stated before, it's not like I don't believe that the virus exists. Because I always fall back on the one argument that I've always had for almost every terrorist attack since 9-11. And I've been saying this since I've been a kid. Is the fact that I'm like, why would you ever think that any of these are fake if clearly our government doesn't care about killing civilians in the greater good, quote-unquote. Like, you know? Like, uh, yeah, it's happened so many times before. I mean, I'll say the most weirdest extreme you could probably make with that is, like, even say Waco or something, because, I mean, like, they were like, oh, we gotta kill these guys for the greater good, you know? Like, I'm, I'm not... God, I brought up Waco. That's probably the only and the last time I'm ever going to bring up Waco. Because <laughs> I'm not down for the Branch Davidians. But, like, still, like, uh, there's an example of killing, outright killing a group of people for the greater good. Like, in, quote-unquote, the government's opinion. Um, hell, you want to know something way more edgy than, and way more um, sad and just 
disgusting and, and just revolting than the Branch Davidians getting firebombed, quote, well, possibly firebombed in Waco, Texas. Look up the move bombings, the M.O.V.E bombings, the move bombings in Philadelphia. It was a, uh, like a, a black liberation community, actually. It was like a commune community, some sort of neighborhood in Philadelphia that, um, they were like not allowing cops in. The cops didn't want to go in there anyways and stuff, but then they started doing a, uh, almost kind of like, like a separatist type of movement, I guess, and hence move and, uh, which stands for, so I can't, I should remember what it stands for, but I can't remember what it stands for, but they were, they were radical, but they weren't really that radical at all, it was just a separatist type of thing, you know, like, ba back in the day when, like, um, black communities used to have people that they would deem as their own mares, and, like, they would have their own self-policing type of style, because, I mean, it, it was in segregationist times, if it's in segregationist times, and if you're being segregated into a community, what, uh, uh, you're not going to, uh, live in complete anarchy with, with a cap, with a lowercase a, you know, like, just complete chaos, and, and at the whim, you know, like, like, as you, as the people above you would like to think, that, you know, as the white, essentially white people would like to think that you would be living. So, you're, of course, you're going to establish your own high, your own, you know, state, mock state, which actually was fairly way more benevolent than, uh, way more giving than, uh, the actual, um, federal state. That's why the Black Panthers gave out free lunches. That's why, like, they were always like, oh, the Black Panthers are giving out free lunches. We got to stop them. It's, you know, like, if you really research the Black Panthers, yeah, they were, like, you know, socialist and Marxist in certain circumstances, which, you know, certain people are going to get really um, triggered or just egged on by that, and then other people will kind of understand the avenue that they're taking it from. Uh, that being said... They gave out free lunches. Like, that was one of their biggest things, is that they were giving out free lunches to kids because these kids were fucking starving. <laughs> and that's, like, pretty root. That's pretty much, like, root issue shit. So, yeah, um, MOVE was a separatist group that was happening in Philadelphia. And, um, yeah. I, I, all right. Sorry, I'm just, I'm like, I just realized that I deviated so far, but I'm still going to keep going. Um, so they, I, I don't know too much about the history with it. I know that it was right around the disbanding of the Black Panthers and that Fred Hampton had already been assassinated. I want to say that Huey P. Newton was still alive at that time. And, um, move bombings basically... What it was was that it was, it was very similar to kind of like Waco, but instead of them being crazy Christians that possibly were abusing children, they were like literally just a black community that wanted to just separate from Philadelphia and create their own um, subset community, very similar to, I believe there's a community in Copenhagen called like Breetown or something like that. Oh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it's like Free Freelandia maybe? And, um, it, so it's like they wanted to create basically an anarchist commune in Philadelphia, a, a black anarchist commune in Philadelphia. And they were like, yep, no, 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 no. So they started taking up arms and defending themselves on the streets. So then they were like, so the, the Philadelphia police were the ones that were in charge. The federal, I believe like the National Guard wasn't even called in. It was like the Philadelphia police themselves. <laughs> so like the Philadelphia police are trying to get a handle on this, quote unquote. And they um, were like, all right, so we can't get them on the ground, but we can get them in the air. And they go up in a helicopter and fucking like make makeshift fucking bombs out of like gasoline and like napalm like not even napalm like sterno and like weird stuff like that like they make literal fucking makeshift bombs and they have them in their helicopters flying above the fucking houses and shit and i want to say like one of the cops fired a gun and then they fired back so there started to be a light firefight a light firefight it wasn't like the firefight was trying to kill anybody it was like a firefight where they were like hey 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 like like stay away stay away like you know like both sides 
Like, and and then they dropped these fucking makeshift firebombs on a block, a couple blocks in Philadelphia, and just completely scorched earth killed a lot of people and and it was it was bad it, the move bombings if you look up the move bombings it was a literal instance of when a city police firebombed via helicopter by a helicopter a civil rights separatist movement <laughs> it's absolutely insane it's one of the most grotesque moments in all of u.s history and it was like in the 70s yeah uh it was yeah. It was literally the police committing war, uh, uh, <laughs> committing war crimes, committing fucking war crimes. Yeah, it was the Philadelphia police committing human rights violations and fucking war crimes that would be tried under the Geneva Convention. All right, I need to take a quick break. Uh, yeah, um, I would do an anchor PSA if I had it set up, but I'm not monetizing anyway. So yeah, making this through anchor. <sighs> gotta decompress after talking about the move bombings and maybe go back to the election maybe just talk about some other shit alright or stuff sorry trying to make this family friendly but alright talk to you in a second later well no um talk to you soon back again all right i think i'm gonna uh deviate a little bit here because something just popped into my head because after i just got this amazing food ordered to me in the first snowstorm uh, massachusetts has had it's the day before halloween we got a pretty good one it's a, probably a footer maybe maybe a half footer nah, nah maybe a couple inches i don't know it's still coming down though yeah it's a slushy as shit i got my shoes fucked up but yeah um Ah, uh, I said I wasn't going to swear. Oh, well. Yeah, um... I ordered some good food. It was from a Thai place, I believe. But the thing is, though, is that around Massachusetts, actually, there is a uh, very large Indian community in Massachusetts. And also, currently, a uh, modern influx through the, um, the high-tech industry that's been flourishing throughout at least the Framingham area. Eh, ranging from, I would believe, actually, there's a large Indian population, um, Indian, I should say, like, India, um, Indian population from, like, uh, like, the suburbs of Boston, from, like, a, like, a 15-mile radius to, like, a 30, 40-mile radius running north and west, but not east. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, so, yeah, and, uh, so, like, uh, basically up 495 from, mm, about, like, mm, Milford, and then, like, up to about Lowell, yeah, and the food is amazing, yeah, <laughs> it's, like, like, uh, and also, it's a good community, too, like, to be completely honest, I've worked in the restaurant industry, and, um, as long as you can, um, uh, Oh, God, I do not want to sound all somewhat uh, racist when I say this, but um, Indian culture, they're often a lot more, um, uh, not my generation, but the older generation is a lot more like like my parents' generation is a lot, I guess, boomers, but you wouldn't call them boomers if they were Indian, um, are, are like just kind of stern. Like They're just kind of like have a stern personality to them. Like, um, not methodical, but just kind of stern. And... Um, as long as you can, like, I, I used to work in an open kitchen as a cook, and I could communicate a lot easier to somebody that was Indian than to somebody that was uh, a pissed-off American or just somebody coming up to me asking me about their meal if they're an American, to be completely honest. Usually if they're American, they're trying to tell me off or, I don't know, something like that. Well, like, or you know, like American-born, I should say. Um, United States-born. Oh, my God. Um going into something that's also borderline racist what i was just like <laughs> is the fact that um i was thinking about the fact that it's interesting how like i was saying how in this area there's a lot um a, a lot of indian restaurants which oh, they're amazing like that's i, I order almost once a week and like if, if there's indian food like good indian food readily available to me i will order it 
every time because they have an amazing flavor complexity, high amount of ingredients, high amount of spices. Like, uh, you know, I don't want to have to go into turmeric and such, but also, too, funny enough about turmeric, the people that tote turmeric, I've heard that cheap turmeric can be processed with, like, lead and stuff. Yeah, it's really weird. Look that up. Uh, there was a spice um, uh, rehaul by, I believe, Goya or something along, like one of those big ones. And they, uh, and they pulled all these spices because of the fact that they process it through like lead uh like sifters or something like that yeah i don't know uh, look up look up lead in turmeric but a lot of the indian places won't will only use turmeric that's like like that they're they're eating that turmeric too so they don't want to have you shitty turmeric you know um anyways so it's 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 really good authentic food it's not like it's not like American, quote unquote, American Chinese food, because it's an actual, um, yeah, uh, hell, Cornish chicken. You ever tried Cornish chicken? Oh, it's it's oh, it has the bone in too. It tastes almost like duck. It's so good. Um, usually, it's in like a a a, a brarin, uh, or that rice bowl, or maybe a stew. Oh, it's so good. But um, yeah the whole point that I was going to say, I have to make a pause after this after, but I, I haven't done a food, um, uh, segment in a very long time. I don't think ever actually I could do more food segments. I love food, but, uh, <laughs> I used to be a cook. I love food, but yeah, um, fun home. So it's interesting how Thai places around this area will have curry on their menu and then Indian places will have pad Thai on their menu and i'm like wait a second is this just oriental food now i'm like oh shit i'm like i thought we weren't supposed to use that word anymore but i mean if you're mixing thailand with india and india with thailand just because both of those foods are really good and the same customers want those foods and they also transfer over easy because um, I believe it's because of the fact, actually, that uh, Thai food is traditionally pretty vegetarian and that Indian food normally never uses cow so or beef. So, um, I mean, you could, of course, add beef to Thai food. And also, most Indian places serve beef unless they're really, like, devout or something. And the ones that don't, you know, it's a, that's kind of a... It's a you know, a subsect, it's, it's like, a, it would be like a vegetarian place, you know, for an American, like, I think I, there's a couple Indian places around, actually, that I'm pretty sure they don't have beef on the menu, and it's like only goat or chicken, oh, but those ones are great, too, because I love goat, yeah, um, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Mediterranean Albanian by heart, so, yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, that's the interesting take on the fact that I'm like, is that the new oriental, is that, is that phrase, like, I, I know that's a term you're not supposed to use, but it's all, it kind of was at least the lexicon, the modern lexicon with it is referring to oriental quote unquote food. And so it's Asian food, but like the Asian saying it's Asian food is too broad. What would you call that? Like Thai Indian fusion? That's so clunky. Like what would Thai Indian, Indi Thai? Oh God. Yeah, see, I don't want to do any of that. Um, but there's so many it's so popular and it's like it's a good i don't know if your community does not have an indian or thai restaurant that's like it should have at least like three yeah it's really really good and order that order from them they are extremely good very savory food yeah um on that note i'm going to get into a real subject uh rather than just ranting about the dinner i got oh and i got roasted brussels sprouts oh they're so good it's a big heaping portion of brussels sprouts that are like thai roasted Ooh. all right i'll be back back so figured I would bring it down a little bit the snow is starting to clear up 
it's starting to kind of fall off the branches a little bit now. I'm going to bring it down. Um, this whole idea is rooted off of one concept, one little blip thing that popped into my head. And it's from, you know, I'm at work. I, uh, not to go into too much detail, but I work, uh, you know, in, at a job where it allows me to be able to have headphones on for a good portion of the time, as long as um, I'm not working in an area where it would obstruct it. There's certain certain points of the job where I couldn't wear headphones, and I nor would I want to or should because I'm driving something. But if I'm not driving, then I'm usually listening to a podcast, and a lot of podcasts, especially um, at the beginning of this year, or maybe around, at least during quarantine, there was a lot of Zoom calling going on, a lot of people broadcasting from different areas, sharing their experiences in their localities. And I've been kind of hearing that a lot less. And now when I do hear it, it sounds somewhat antiquated. And I've been catching upon this idea that a lot of people have been saying pretty recently. I, it's like I've been here. I've had this in my head for a bit, and I've been seeing it kind of seep out a little bit through some people's comments. But I don't think they can properly. I don't think mo- anyone can properly articulate it yet, including myself. But it's just all along the concept of basically being like, well, if all the bars are closed, if you can't go to see a sports game or a concert a local one especially or a fair or even like church goings and such especially in states where there's heavy lockdowns which is almost most of the blue states at this point um then what's really too much of a difference between the man living in boston right now to the person living in New York City, to the person living in Los Angeles, aside from the weather. Very little now. If we all kind of are doing this same routine where really the only outlets we have are what watching some sort of online Facebook stream from some band, oh, that got old. That got old in not even a week. I maybe watch two or three, and I'm just like, oh my god, this, there's no difference between me watching this and watching some sort of live DVD, aside from the fact that there's other people, like, liking and sharing this. Even if it's live, even if they're doing it live at that moment, I'm just kind of like, like, unless it's something I'm really anticipated for, I'm not, I'm not gonna tune in, and even if it's something I'm really anticipated for, it's way less exciting than seeing that band ever play live for twenty dollars like I used to, like it's, or 20, ranging from 20 to $60, like I used to, it's like, ugh, it's, it's depressing, and, and I don't know, and they're holding that shit hostage, they've been holding it hostage, I've been, I started this whole podcast series, and one of the first things I mentioned was this concept that I was saying called death of catharsis, and it really seems like it is a death of catharsis where we have this extreme where catharsis is the free expression that people can have essentially dancing like dancing like the the, the act of dancing is letting loose of is catharsis um singing in harmony is a catharsis like if you are in a bar and you know the everyone in that bar knows the lyrics to a song and everyone starts singing along and everyone's singing along that's catharsis um i i mean there's solo there's there's personal catharsis too but it's not it's something that's way more communal it's meant to be communal and if there's a loss of that commune communal catharsis there is a pent-up bottle like it's it's almost like going through the stages of grieving, almost. It's very horrifying, actually. It's like society is going through a staging of grieving, where I don't know if we'll eventually lead to that end process of acceptance. I hope not. But, I mean, we surely went through anger. What is it like? Um, 
like, I don't remember the fucking, what is it, seven stages of grieving, I mean, that's a whole psyop anyways, I don't necessarily believe that that's how people grieve, I've certainly grieved a lot differently than the seven stages of grieving over a lot of different circumstances, and I also personally think that I've gotten over a lot of the things that I've, I sleep pretty decently at night, I mean, I like to think I do, I actually, since 2020 now, it's been a little, like, uh, I don't have nightmares, but I have, like, very confused dreams. Yeah, I have, like, dreams where I wake up semi-frustrated. Yeah, it's odd. It's, like, a lot of the dreams I wake up and I'm kind of, like, just irritated a little bit, but I'm, like, not... not angry, not scared, um... but also not, like, definitely sleeping necessarily peacefully. I a little stirred. I mean, meh. Alright, sounds pretty natural to me. <laughs> given this year, you know, at least that's what's going on, like I just gave you some good examples of, yeah, so, uh, going back to the fact that there's very little difference between the man sitting in his apartment in, let's say, like, uh, Quincy, and some man sitting in his apartment in Queens, and some man sitting in his apartment in freaking, I don't know, some sort of borough in LA that's like, you know, semi-secluded, I guess, that's like probably, not, that I don't know, I don't want, I want to make generalizations on LA, I'm not like, I'm not, I don't really know too much about LA, um, it's, I, I would, I, I know enough of, about Massachusetts where I'm not going to fall for the trick of being like, I don't like the weather, Ugh, the cold sucks, like, in like, go to LA, where all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, everything's on fire if I try to go out of the woods, like, or could be, or also like, oh my god, earthquakes, or oh my god, there's deadly things out in the woods too, far more deadly than in mass, um, or oh my god, where is the water, where's all the water, there's no water here, or also, like, I can keep going, or also, like, oh my god, our state fucking sucks, like, and they do nothing for us and want us to die, like, or, oh my god, why is the Amazon from this state, why is, like, all these shitty companies from this, uh, I mean, I, I could say all these things about Massachusetts, too, a little bit, aside from the water one, but, um, like, but it's just on a smaller scale, so I'm like, all right, I, I, I'm not going to upgrade in that sense. And I don't know. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to start shitting on everyone loves to shit on Texas. I'm not going to shit on Texas. Texas is weird. Texas is strange. They're like, they do their own thing. Kind of, um, I don't fuck with Texas. Just like I don't fuck with Maine, but, and I also am smart enough to not fuck with New Hampshire because they will come down and fucking kill me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> If I fuck with New Hampshire, anyone like some Hell's Angels guys gonna be listening to my podcast and be like, oh my god, he's a hundred miles away. Let's ride in. Alright, um, yeah, I guess all of that's not antiquated. The Hell's Angels culture is still, I guess, alive and going. That's gonna, you know, there's, there's pockets. I guess there's ninjas, there's pockets of culture now. But just that general concept of being like, oh yeah, that asshole Bostonian or whatever. Or like, like, you know, you can't take a plane somewhere in a lot of places now, get off the plane, go to a bar, and meet the townies, like, that are around in the area, because, I mean, you know, everyone's social distancing, keeping their masks, not talking to each other, just not doing any socializing, no socializing, social distancing means there's no socializing, the only socializing you are doing is pocketed socializing of people you most likely have either already met prior to the quarantine or like prior to 2020 or people you met online that then you were like okay now we finally um trust each other enough to not either catfish each other or get each other sick or rip each other off or murder each other and let's meet like and i've never really been down for for internet hookups i'm sorry like you know so it's kind of like culture seems dead Culture kind of seems dead. It seems very, like, st- pocketed. And in the... F- I know I've said this in the, probably the first two podcasts I made, but I never expected for live concerts to be one of the first things to go like that. Like, it just... I thought there was going to be a lot of... I thought that maybe that might have been almost one of the last things. 
you know, I thought that people are still going to be getting together and playing music and such, but yeah, no, I should have known, I should have known, there was so much reveling, so much reveling to nothing, so many times that I've, like, been jaded at a concert, I've been like, this is awesome, this is really cool, but what are we doing here, like, why, why is this happening, like, you know, like, it, it weird, like, exist, like, existential, like, just, when you, when you, like, are at a concert, you're like, this is so amazing, but then you just, all of a sudden, you're like, wait, like, what exactly is happening, like, what, why are we all, like, cheering right now, like, you know, I don't know, it's weird, yeah, oof, all right, um, I'm gonna take one more break, or maybe I might end it, who knows, we'll see, Alrighty. Well, to be continued either way. And we're back, so probably going to be the last segment for tonight. Figured I would kind of go back into the re-expansion of that original idea. I was thinking about from the very beginning of one of my first episodes, which is that death of catharsis, but kind of pushing it, kind of summing it all together and then pushing it a little further. And in that, essentially, you have a lack of free expression, a lack of community, a lack of socializing, simple socializing as well, too, just... How many people do you remember that you used to just randomly talk to on the street, seeing random events throughout the day that now have been very swiftly, quickly cut off? And I mean, I can't speak for everybody, and I know different parts of the country, some of it hasn't changed as much. I live in an area that has drastically changed. Um, So with that, goes into uh, another topic that I brought up before, which is, which is louche, which louche is the free expression, the free energy that people essentially give off. It's a technically a metaphysical term, it's not really, it's a pseudoscience term, I guess you could say, but the concept of louche is catharsis, it's, the two are in the same, aside from the fact that... Um, when you use the term louche, you're saying that there is somehow a quantitative way of measuring it, that there's some sort of, it's that it's an a- actual energy form rather than just a uh, thought. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going into debating that necessarily right now. What I'm saying is, is that there is pent-up louche that people can't express and that they're either kind of shutting down and just allowing themselves to not have that feeling or that expression or they're bottling it up and ready to explode or or maybe there are introverts and they're just it, I feel like even the introverts are still getting affected now you know like everybody's getting affected by this unless you were a complete hermit you know um so it's uh it so in that obviously people are bottling it up and they're expressing it in protest kind of you know obviously it wasn't directly related to covid and the lockdowns but i mean you know there's there's a cause and effect there people you know are more easily um triggered i guess during the situation like that would there have been as many marches if we were locked down prior who knows i mean ferguson did happen as well too in 2016 i believe right 2000 no 2014 but um Again, I digress a bit. I feel like that right now we have a period, obviously, that's been looming very heavy over our heads for more than a year now. It's coming up in about four days. And we all know, we've all been told that, oh, this isn't going to end, you know, on the 3rd. It's going to drag out all the way to December. We're probably not going to know who wins unless it's a landslide. And if it's a landslide, people are going to be doing crazy stuff anyways. Like, it's, um, 
it's it's all just scare tactics but at the same time they know that it's worked on us already to a particular extent uh, again i'm not gonna say well i mean i will say that there were certainly some f- fuck-ups when it came to um how our society dealt with um covid spreading and i'm not talking about the fact that we could have done more as in, like, I, I'm more talking about the fact that different things were allocated in different places. I mean, let's be honest here. Even Trump's brought up the ventilators recently. I, I don't... Did we use that many ventilators? Like, I'm pretty sure there was a whole thing with ventilators where they found out that it was, like, hurting people and stuff. Like, that, like, I, the process of being on a ventilator is, like, very destructive to your body or something like that. Like, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I will say that I've heard claims, certainly claims that, that it's, that initially it was being overused and that now it's like, it, it, it was, it was like there was an under, there was a low, there was a lack of ventilators and we thought we were going to need more of them. Like, uh, I don't know. And there's a lot of other examples and that's, that's, that's like one of the least, um, I mean, business lockdowns and shutdowns and the fact that there was no safety net for any of the small businesses, which then Amazon made a freaking killing off of all this. So, you know, this is all, and then the fact that Trump um, bumped up the market with like, what, $3 trillion or something like that, and, and essentially made a golden parachute for all of his cronies, all of his sycophants and shit, and this golden parachuted out a bunch of senators and like representatives that somehow made a made it legal for them to insider trade like two years ago and that's democratic and republicans like so you're telling me that they really hate trump oh come on now you know it, it it's all an insider game you know which is the hor- most horrifying part about it like so we have on one side if trump wins he no longer has to adhere to his constituents anymore because he doesn't have to worry about being reelected. So he can literally do whatever he wants. And he hasn't really had a good track history with like, I don't know, really caring about others rather than just kind of looking like a demigog all the time. You know, like he wants to be like, if not Hitler, he wants to be like Julius Caesar or something like that. Like, so yeah, are we really going to trust that for four years with no reins over the guy? Like, no, no, at least public reins over him, aside from the Supreme Court? He just kind of, um, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's, wouldn't, I don't think it would be too pretty, I don't think Trump's going to give us any favors, I don't know. But, I mean, he hasn't proven it that much, <laughs> Like, are you telling me that, um... The biggest thing that you really care about, that you really, you really think that if he arrests, like this, this supposed, if it exists, pedo- pedophile cabal that's underneath Washington D.C., which probably there does, have, there are people that do that. I mean, you know, even so, though, drain the swamp or whatever, it's not going to solve other systematic problems that are still in place. That like. And if anything, it could, if you just take out one thing like that, it can be a power vacuum that creates something that's possibly even worse, you know? Um, it's actually a classic bait and switch move by a lot of, um, power grabs, especially throughout, uh, the, uh, first quarter of the, uh, 20th century, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um... Yeah, uh, and also I don't think he's gonna do that. He hasn't. I mean, like, we have we even gotten a mugshot of Ghislaine yet? I, we haven't even gotten a mugshot of her yet. He's made like one passing comment about her. Yet all his, all most of the Trumpers and especially all the Q people are like, oh, he bagged Ghislaine. Oh, he bagged Jeffrey Epstein. He barely freaking mentions it. Like, and it's like, oh, he's trying not to. Oh, come on, come on. Like, ugh. He, it's. Trump's, Trump's like a diva. He's like a diva. He doesn't really care about, he's, he's not playing real 5D chess. He's just kind of one of those, like, 
movers and shakers that just kind of uh, has he he he's not playing 5d chess as much as he's like a guy that can kind of just seamlessly go with the flow and fit in the crack somehow but by doing it by like sometimes forcing his thrusting himself and i was gonna go real real uh, gross there for a second but let's say thrusting himself into the situation uh yeah so then on the other end we have biden who's let's i mean i i I, we all doubt that he's going to even make it for a year. He's not looking too well. He's still doddering. How many, who knows how many body doubles they have for the guy. Uh, <laughs> and um, I'm not going to get into the Hunter stuff. I'm just not. I'm, I'm just not going to get into the Hunter stuff. Because it's like, we all, we all know about it. It's hilarious. It's wicked funny. But it's just tabloid TMZ shit. And it's, it's that whole, like bad press is good press type of thing it's just really weird how like both scandals that broke that are supposed to sway our opinions have rudy giuliani in the center of them i'm like come on really like rudy giuliani is going to be the fucking whistleblower and also the center of another scandal like ugh, i don't know i mean the pictures are funny it's really it was pretty crazy seeing uh the actress from mulan's taint yeah that was pretty insane i was like oh you know more people probably saw that picture than the movie itself oh yeah apparently like everyone was saying oh yeah the end credits they like thanked the police or something from the town that they were shooting in and it's like the same town that has like a yurger uh worker camp in it and like they like got equipment from that like yurger worker camp you yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, it's Disney. I, I don't really, like, watch... I haven't watched a new movie in, like, a while. Maybe two, three years. Especially now. I'm not going to order a $20 movie on my TV and, or my phone and just watch it like that. I don't know. I think it's, like, a, like a couple's thing to just burn time, right? Like, that's, that's where the market is now. Ugh. Yeah, I've been there done that it's it gets boring real fucking fast and you just like your brain just starts to turn to mush i mean it's not like it isn't already right now i feel like everybody's kind of starting to lose it a little bit you know everyone's starting to slide if not like you get times where you start to feel it you're like uh society's starting like so this collective mind is starting to like lose words like we're starting to just like our Diction and vocabulary is just starting to limit. It's like flowers of Algernon or flowers of Al Alger. You know, that just proves my point. I'm going to call it flowers of, of, of flowers of fucking algae. Flowers of Algernon. Yeah, it's flowers of Algernon, I'm pretty sure. You know, the book where the guy, or yeah, he's like, he was like mentally handicapped, or maybe he was a mouse. No, I think he was just mentally handicapped. He, uh, was like given some pill and they like made him super smart but then they were like oh yeah you're gonna slowly lose your intelligence and your brain's just gonna turn to putty so it's like a diary and he's just talking about how his brain's slowly turning to putty it's not really a great book but it's like a, a concept that's like often referenced yeah I don't know. I feel like society's kind of just in a collective Flowers of Algernon right now, which is pretty sad. It's pretty concerning. I mean, it, you can especially say that in the way that we're being, that our youth is being educated right now, currently today. I mean, remote, you have to admit that remote simply is not as effective as in classroom. It just is what, it's just, that's a fact. Not pushing for in classroom studying right now, I guess. You know, we need to figure out more about what's going on, even though we've had a eight months to figure out what's going on but you know apparently we need more time yeah uh, apparently we don't have even like like in uh, like an isolated form of covid or something like so it's like we we're just working we're, we're like uh like the the p whatever that stupid testing the p whatever whatever testing that they do pcr testing that they do to test for covid it's completely flawed and like it's not really testing for COVID. It's testing for, like, something like mutated cells or something like that. 
uh, I don't know. It's it's all so con. It's just loaded. It's all loaded. It's everything's loaded nowadays. Everything's a loaded fact or a loaded answer. So you can't get anything straight anymore. It's all back. It all has some sort of backroom packaged under deal, some sort of like backstabbing mechanism that will eventually be enacted upon you whenever it's most profitable for uh, whoever you're, you have to sign your life away to tomorrow or today, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all that terms of agreement society, you know, just keep signing that terms of agreement, terms of agreement, terms of agreement, you have to, it's not like you can't think it's, it's, you, it's not like they have put a gun to your head and made you sign it, but they're holding that piece of bread in front of you and they aren't going to give you that piece of bread unless you sign it. So, you know, you can starve. It's a slow death, slow, painful death. If you're starving and someone puts a gun in front of you and you have no food, but all there is is a gun, you know, they would call that mercy, right? Oh, well, you know, (laughs) so maybe terms of agreements a little, uh, has absolutely no mercy to it. It's just like, take this, you have to submit to this. And if you don't, you'll, uh, starve. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, this got bleak got real bleak yeah i mean well it is right before uh election period and i think that if we end up with kamala harris which i mean is a very distinct possibility oh dear god i think she's a witch i think she's like an honest witch like i mean like or like i mean i i not to say um you know i shouldn't say witch i shouldn't i should say like i honestly think she's like she like enjoys she's a like an e like an evil witch like <laughs> so i know people that are witches too i'm not going to necessarily call compare that actually uh most of the witches i know actually like kamala harris ironically enough huh well um anyways yeah um well camila kamala uh hey it's not my fault the thing is they they pronounced her name kamala during the beginning of this whole thing when she was running against Biden. But then now they're like, oh, if you don't call her not Kamala, it's not Kamala, Kamala. If you don't call her Kamala, then you are like subtly prejudiced. Like, I'm like, come on. You called her. I'm just going to start calling her Kamala, I guess, because that's what I'm supposed to call her now. Like Kamala, Camila, a lot of weird names running around in that Buttigieg, that was a weird one, uh, weird names, <laughs> but yeah, um, anywho, yeah, um, she is just a very evil person, she likes to do doublespeak, she loves to do doublespeak, she's like, oh yeah, like, like just the fact that she has such an insane incarceration rate, and like, n- laughed about the fact that she um she put out this truancy paper to all the people in her constituency and it's like oh and if you don't basically she said like verbatim like oh yeah like um you know and then somebody like emailed me after i sent out this letter and they were like oh i i showed this i ran downstairs and showed it to my kids and said hey look if you don't go to school not only you're gonna get arrested i'm gonna get arrested too and like she started laughing and i was like it's just weird like relishes in authoritarian like whip cracking and then and then she says oh i'm gonna end privatized prisons she did say that and then but she's like made a career off of it it's really disturbing yeah so our prospect and, and then i'm I don't, i'm not even gonna bother again mike pence no I'm, I'm just not yeah the, the guy's like i don't know there's something wrong with him he's <laughs> he's like revived flesh he's he's literally seems like like um like uh like a like a skinwalker or something like that like it's like you could peel the skin off of his face like or his body like he's wearing a skin suit like that's what it looks like he's kind kind of looks like like a like a weird skeleton man that's like wearing a really tight skin suit with skin it's like his skin isn't flabby but it still looks like it's a suit anyways um 
like he's like just like a like a rotting corpse that like is wearing a really tight skin suit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then Trump. Um. Uh. Yeah. No. I'm just. I, I already went into. Him. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. So the election prospects are very bleak. Our society is set on a very bleak course right now. The winter isn't looking any good. It could lighten up. I mean, all of this could just be election jitters. We got, we got psyoped. Oh, we got psyoped. Whoopsie daisy. And everything starts to kind of go back to normal. That would be nice. But I don't know. This has worked too well. We've never had a society switch like this since 9-11. And, you know, if you remember anything about 9-11, any of those procedures that we took afterwards did not go away. We still have the TSA. We're still worried about terrorism all the time. We still have massive funding getting sunk into all of that. But it was something more that was kind of distant, I guess. It was, uh, we were always wondering. We're like, why are they building all these uh, files on us, all these documents on us? When is this going to be employed? When is all of this actually going to be employed? Uh, well, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe the next disaster is going to clear out a city that's already been in the process of being cleared out before. And when that happens, in comes smart city restructuring to build back better or make it great yet again. On that note, I'm going to chill out and try to get my mind off the election for a little bit and uh, try to maybe enjoy Halloween. I'm not supposed to go to Rhode Island, I guess. Maybe I'll try to see if there's uh, people, I don't know, what am I going to go, New Hampshire, go pick some apples? Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll go pick some apples or go wear a funny Halloween mask on a rocky beach or something. God knows there's nothing else going on right now. Alrighty. Well, uh, enjoy your Halloween. Try to do something festive if you happen to notice that something festive's going on in your area. And if not, don't feel too bad. Last Halloween, I ended up, uh... Oh, that's a good story to leave it off on. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so, uh... Last Halloween, I, um, didn't have a car. Yeah, I was, I was taking Ubers to work, and I just started the position that I am at now, where I go into work real early. I go into work at, like, 2.30 in the morning. So I just, but I've gotten kind of used to it now, but pretty used to it, actually. Well, a lot more used to it than most people would think or believe. I, I don't mind it that much, actually. But, um... Yeah, so I was just getting used to it, though, so it was pretty tough for me back then. And uh, I was, I want to say Halloween was on a Thursday night or something. I don't think it was on a Friday. I'm pretty sure it was on a Thursday. So I had to work the day. I had to work that night of Halloween, like that 2 o'clock of Halloween. So I call the Uber. I'm like, you know, I figured I would easily be able to find one. I did. Now uh, I hop in the car, and the first thing I notice is that the uber driver is like the only way i can describe it's like squirrely it's really like wired kind of like i don't know maybe not coked out probably maybe coked out maybe methed out who knows but like kind of like that just just odd just a little off and i'm like all right you know you really think too much of it i want to say like ask me something weird like try to start a conversation i I had just woken up i'm just kind of like yeah whatever and He's, he's driving kind of fast, and the night was... Uh, this is last year, Halloween. So weird. It was wicked windy. A major windstorm had come through, and uh, it was like 40-mile-an-hour winds or something. Knocked out power lines. Areas uh, were out of power, but my area wasn't that bad, but all these limbs were down on the road everywhere, and I'm watching this guy just speeding down to get to my my like work he's not taking any caution while he's driving i'm just thinking i'm like this guy's not that great of a driver and we uh get to the set of lights down uh down in the center of the town about maybe uh four miles or maybe three miles from where i'm where my job is and uh he guns it through a yellow and then I see a branch in the middle of the road, and I see it, and he's just going. And he guns it through this branch, and right when he does, I just hear a pop. And I'm like, you fucking serious? And, you know, his, his low-pressure light starts going off. 
and he, uh, one of his tires completely blown out. So I'm in the car. At this point, I'm kind of like, all right, well, I would be a little more receptive to the guy if I didn't totally see that coming. You know, I'm like thinking I'm halfway, half feeling bad for him, half thinking he's a complete idiot. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, especially because I'm like, he's an Uber driver. So I'm like, this guy should have not known a fucking, should have known what his car can handle. I'm like, all right, well. So like, he's kind of being weird. And I didn't want to get out of the car yet because I, I had a feeling that I'm like, I shouldn't get out of the car. I should just stay in the car unless he tells me to get out because he might need me to get out if he's going to jack the car up. So um, he goes in the trunk. He pulls something out. Eventually, he's like, oh, can you step out of the car? I'm like, yeah, all right. So I'm like standing by the corner and I'm at a cemetery. Now, this is on Halloween night, and I'm at the town's largest cemetery, which is across the street from their police station. So, um, I'm like, kind of like, oh, great spot. Yeah, great spot for us to pull off. All right, I'm going to call another another Uber. So, I'm trying to get a hold of another Uber. Now, it's like 2.30. No Ubers are around. Finally, get a hold of some guy, like, two towns over, and, um... I, I text him and I'm like, oh, I'm in a graveyard because my Uber driver just got a flat. And like, he's like, he texts me back. He's like, oh, really? All right. So thanks for letting me know. So I'm like, at least this guy's not going to think I'm like oh, some weirdo running around a graveyard. Um, and then I, I look over at the driver and he's over by the tire and he has a freaking air pump, an electric air pump that you would like pump a bike tire with. And he's putting it into the tire and I just hear as he's doing it. I'm like, this guy is a complete fucking moron. I'm like, what do you he doesn't even know? He's not even not bothering to change the tire. I think he's like not willing to admit that he actually popped his tire. I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm like, I'm like, is this guy fucked up? I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm like, just looking at him like, are you like, like what's wrong with you? And he's like, kind of like, oh, um, oh, one moment, one moment, I, I got, I got to get in some light. And there was a street lamp about like five feet down, like five, ten feet down. He was in the dark, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. And he still has his hazards on. And then he, you know, drives up to the street light, then just keeps going. And it's about a half mile straight away at this point, over a causeway, and. I, I'm looking at him driving down the road and I see the freaking like rubber the rubber of the tire just ripping off as he's driving down the road like like running over his rim so I'm like this guy just fucking stranded me in the middle of a graveyard on Halloween night and also may have just kind of totaled his car by driving away and ditching me here. What is that? What is going on? So then I, I call back the Uber driver that was coming to pick me up now. And I'm like, hey, I'm actually alone here now. So just to let you know, he's like, what the fuck? What happened? I'm like, the guy drove away. And he's like, did he fix this? I'm like, no. he." Didn't. So I explained it to him. The Uber driver is like, okay, fine. I'm coming for you. And uh, he's about 10 minutes away. I look over. Lo and behold, I'm across from the police station. Two cops pull up. They come up to me and they're like, uh, what are you doing here? I'm like, fuck. Well, I, I said to him, I'm literally like, well, apparently I got ditched in a graveyard on Halloween night. And they were like, kind of like, yeah, like likely story. And I'm like, no, hey, you want to see what I'm doing right now? they're like what and i like show them my phone and it's my super angry fucking pissed like response i'm sending to uber about the guy that just ditched me in the screenshots of the of the the map of the um of him driving and stuff and like the cops just look at it for a second and they're like oh oh shit whoa we're so sorry and i'm like hey can you do me a favor though and they're like what i'm like can you get the hell out of here they're like what like kind of like not what but they're like wait what and i'm like look I have an Uber, another Uber coming for me, like, right now. And you cannot be here when this Uber comes, because most likely, if the Uber comes up and sees me talking to two police officers, he's not going to pick me up, and I need to get to work, which I work in your town. And they were like, oh, oh, okay, all right, well, we'll leave. 
I'm like, all right. I'm like, I think that was like one of the first times I ever told the cops to leave in like a sketchy public area before. <laughs> in a graveyard on Halloween, stranded before work. And uh, I finally get dropped off at work and I, I, I go in. I think I was only like five minutes late. And I'm just thinking and I'm like, I, I fell asleep at six o'clock in the afternoon on Halloween thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to miss all the festivities. I'm not doing anything Halloween related this year. And, you know, sometimes it just kind of, uh, spooky shit just falls onto your lap. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, all right. On that note, yeah, that was a Halloween story. Yeah. That was, um, most recent one. Well, hopefully, uh, you have an interesting Halloween. Hopefully you don't get stranded somewhere or harassed by cops. Hopefully, if you are harassed by cops, they're as receptive as the ones from that story and don't um, imprison you or, you know, submit you to corporate slavery inside of a cage, a cement cage. But anyways, yeah. Peace. Enjoy the happy Halloween. Yes. Um, try to try to do something social, but, you know, obey. Do something responsibly social. All right. Later. One piece of information to note upon me finally deciding what to name this because it was just a, essentially a series of incoherent rants. Yeah, uh, cuckoos are fucked up. I don't know. I don't think I've mentioned this on this series yet, but yeah, cuckoo birds. What they do is they, like, they're called the Cuckoo Mafia. Like, yeah, yeah, the Cuckoo Mafia. They, uh, they're a type of bird that they're called, uh, parasitic brooding. Yeah. Um, the way that they reproduce is that a cuckoo bird, uh, you, you may have heard when lizards do this, but cuckoo birds, they'll go into a nest of another bird and then plant their egg and... The thing is, um, with the reptiles, when they do that, I think they're snakes or something, or lizards, and, uh, the lizard will hatch and then eat the eggs, and then the mother will be like, oh, where, where'd all my eggs go, and end of story, you know? The cuckoo birds are almost a little more fucked up, and they, uh, what they do is they, they're called a brood parasite, and they go in and plant their eggs in a nest of another bird, and then when the cuckoo bird hatches... It doesn't kill off the other two birds. It chills with the other two birds. And the mama bird has to feed the cuckoo bird. And so the, the parents of the cuckoo birds never have to raise the cuckoos. They're their own babies. And then what happens is, is that if the mother of the other bird, if the, the, the cucked bird, yeah, like, um, or I mean, I guess, right, that's the, can I, yeah, no offense if that was um, a, a jumped uh, slang there, but yeah, anyways, um, the, um, surrogate mother bird, if that mother bird realizes that that cuckoo, that she's raising a cuckoo bird and tries to kick the cuckoo bird out of the nest, the parents that planted that egg are still in the area, and they hear the baby cuckoo bird crying, and what they do is they go over to the nest of the surrogate mother, and they start harassing the surrogate mother, and there'll be, like, five cuckoo birds, like, over on the surrogate mother being, like, yo, I'm, like, pecking at the surrogate mother, and the surrogate mother then has to pick up the cuckoo bird and put the cuckoo bird, the baby cuckoo bird back in the nest and start feeding the cuckoo bird, and that's why they call it the cuckoo mafia, because literally these birds do not raise their own. What they do is they chill in the trees around where they planted their eggs and then wait for their babies to start crying. And then they intimidate the other birds to raise their birds. Yeah, you know, and that's the cuckoo bird, you know, like not just the, the cuckoo bird that's in the, uh, you know, the clock, but also you, you definitely, I've definitely used to hear cuckoo birds a lot often. Oh, I used to hear cuckoo birds a lot when I was a kid. I don't hear them that much anymore. You know, like the cuckoo, cuckoo, like it's like, yeah, they used to hear them at like night a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, it's just a very interesting, well, I was, I was relating it to one flew over the cuckoo's nest and, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting book. The book is actually more interesting than the movie because the book, I believe it's the chief is the main character 
and that R.P. McMurphy, who is played by Jack Nicholson in the movie, is a side character, actually. Yeah, so, um, I've read some of the book. I need to I need to read more of it, but then also I was reading this pretty interesting Philip K. Dick book called Ubik, where, yeah, it's about, like, it, it's a transhumanist uploading your consciousness when you die type of storyline. So it's actually rather interesting that Philip K. Dick did write about that pretty specifically in one book. It's Ubik. Yeah, it's about how basically, like, corporate CEOs are, like, 300 years old and they live in some sort of, like, weird uh, computer half-life thing. Like, they have a half-life, so it's like their consciousness starts to slowly fade and they're in this, like, weird purgatory-type state. Yeah. And it's, it's a really crazy book. I digress. Yeah, this was going to be an intro. I guess this might as well be an extra. Yeah, an epilogue. Up, yeah, or whatever the hell they call it. Alrighty. Well, in, like I said before, happy Halloween. Try to do something festive. If you can't do something festive, don't feel too bad. But, you know, at least, uh, uh, I don't know, take vitamin D. It's what everyone's been saying. And, um, and try to have some sort of human interaction no matter who you are, I'm so sorry if you live alone. That must really suck right now. I kind of do as well. I feel like everybody else, everybody's kind of like pretty isolated right now. So I don't know. Find some hobby. Just, I don't know. Take up cross country skiing. Yeah. You remember that? Remember when people used to do cross country skiing? It's like the skiing on the flat ground with the skis that bend all the way back. And, but like, it, it used to look really dumb because you're like these people are just moving five miles an hour on a flat tra- trail with the funds with funds in that i don't know it seems like something that they can't sit they can't make illegal you know because it's like you can easily you're, you're pretty much automatically socially distanced when you do that because your skis are so long you know anyways yeah just an idea Alrighty. later <laughs>